Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Basically, don't just don't be a punk. <laughs> don't covet. Don't. Long, long story short. <laughs> don't want things. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the very, trumpet very and the mountain smoking, <laughs> they were afraid and trembled and Told stood you. at a distance. I'm not biting. <laughs> okay. And said to Moses... It's a relationship, not a religion. <laughs> no, I don't think they said that. And then there was a really big earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> and more thunder and more lightning. <laughs> and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. Yep. Hence the category five theophany. Right. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Robert Wallace. I'm Michael McKeever. And uh, we are at Proper 23, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. So the readings for October 15th, wow. 2017. By the time this pod, these scriptures are read, our semester will be over halfway done. Over halfway done. Yeah, 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 you got me. I thought, wait, it's not over. Yeah, it's over halfway done. Yeah. Uh, We are skipping right over Canadian Thanksgiving readings. Yes, that almost tripped me up. (laughs) Dad and Canadian Pentecost. Uh, Like, I I got the wrong. Exactly. Know that Canadian Pentecost is that different. It's a minor holiday. uh, (laughs) Really? My grandfather was a minor. Um, Our readings in the Old Testament are Exodus 32, 1 to 14. So some golden calf. Yeah. Um, Another one of my Psalms, 106. Uh, or selections thereof. Uh, we finish up Philippians without finishing up Philippians. We finish yeah. up Philippians four <laughs> we one to nine. Peter out on, but we don't dance. do the. We don't do what perhaps may be Philippians' most marketable verse. Interestingly enough, in the lectionary reading uh, four thirteen. Uh, that's uh, that's the I can oh, do all things. Oh, that yes. was the one right. everybody the, everybody loves the that tattoo. One. Right, <laughs> and then uh, Matthew twenty two. So banquet time, yeah. That what that yes, is? A, uh, another wonderful wedding image. Some eating today, some food. So, um, anything happening? Anything interesting going on that we need to? Any legitimate reasons to kill time, or uh, that, uh, would, that would limit? I could the... check the mailbag <laughs> live. Live check the live, mailbag. Hang live. on, let me check the mailbag. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing in the mailbag. Let me zip it back up. That's disappointing, but that's okay. Um, zip it. Well, I guess that. Uh, we can start, huh? Yeah, that would be that would be thing. Don't establish a pattern. Just jump into the text. Just jump into the People text. People are expecting something else. People are expecting okay. goofiness. All right. So. All right. I've got this mangled copy of, my, <laughs> of a printout my print of the scripture. He's, his Bible is not mangled. We should go ahead and I think I'll hold it. Just hold it. All right. Next is <laughs> process you go through 32, for huh? us to start. I'm going to spin around twice and settle down in my little doggy bed here. <laughs> it's almost that bad. Always clockwise. <laughs> spinning, spinning. <laughs> Exodus 32, 1 to 14. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to 
to him, come make gods for us. This is like how long, how much time? <laughs> yeah, a minute and a half. Oh, I think he's gone. <laughs> yeah. One time I came out of a class, I was like almost five minutes late and they were doing this. They were making, making gods. Making oh, you just can't cow. leave them unsupervised. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was freshman. So <laughs> half of my job is teaching them how to be university, you know, students and, and, uh, and not idolaters also. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah. Come make gods for us who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, <laughs> it seemed to take too much persuasion. No, no. Oh, okay. <sighs> take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. There's a sermon there. Mm. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, formed it into a mold, and cast an image of a calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. He's a, you know, he's not a leader, but he's a, he gets stuff done. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> a well, lot. Yes. A lot while Moses was gone. From that perspective. You know, you miss church for one Sunday and everything, <laughs> it all goes to. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord, the new Lord, that is. I got an idea, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Party. They rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, go down at once. Oh, your people, this yeah. is not a good sign. No. Uh, I come home from work and it's like, your son did right, this. Right, right. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt. I love this. It gets funnier in a second. Uh -huh. It really does. Yeah, yeah. Well, the God, yeah, there's a lot. Who, who, who brought who? Right. Well, wait, keep waiting, keep reading and yeah, you'll see it yeah. gets better. Go down at once. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way. I'd say so. That I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and worshiped it and sacrificed to it and said, these, <laughs> you do these you are your gods. He probably oh, is making a voice there, don't you think? You, a, little bit, a little bit mopey. <laughs> brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. And of you, I will make a great nation. Starting over. That's it. I'm killing everyone. Yeah. Kind of starting over with okay. you. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, Oh Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power, with a mighty hand? I didn't even want to go. This is all your idea. <laughs> this is not going well. Why should the Egyptians say it is with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and change your mind and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants. How you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. Yeah. Well, happy ending. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah, that is. Yeah. It worked out okay. Jeez. Oh, boy. Um, so... In the context of a marriage ceremony, right, with the context of this covenant where God says, I will be your God, and Israel says, we will be your people, mm -hmm. uh, God, the, the groom has now caught the bride in the closet with the best man. Okay. Um, yeah. That is, that is about as... the emotional context for God here. Mm -hmm. um, 
I said before at the end of the Ten Commandments when we talked about it that they were a little uncomfortable with God speaking, so Moses was going to provide the access to God for yeah, them. Right. And now that he's gone, we don't have access anymore. And okay. he's been huh. gone for a while, and we're going to have to fix this whole access problem, which is which is what idolatry provides, right. a measure of control and access to God. But God has already given the prospects for how you gain access in tabernacle, right? Right, right. right before this... Oh, is that already before is, this? ...is the diagram oh, of how oh, you build tabernacle, okay. and right. right after this is the actual building of the tabernacle. Okay. So this interrupts... Oh. Tabernacle. Okay. So, like you okay. say, it's all about temple and acts. Yeah, it's all about yeah, yeah. it's all about access God oh, yeah. here, and that's the context. It's it's tabernacle here. So Israel is trying to create what God has already provided. Hmm. Yeah. And where the tabernacle is God's plan and God's initiative, the golden calf is obviously human initiative. Okay. Uh, in the tabernacle, uh, generous offerings are requested across the entire body, where individuals give to the level of of gifting that they have, some of them builders, right. some of them with financial right. contributions. Here, Aaron demands the gold off the people, right? Uh, the the tabernacle has elaborate print planning, and the calf has no planning. Right? <laughs> We're going to do this and just you know, throw it all together. Um, long process of tabernacle construction. Obviously, we've got one verse, right? He took the gold, made a mold, cast an image. Oh. Um, by the way, it says that he formed it in a mold and cast an image. It makes clear that he is he, shaping. Yeah, he did it. And when Moses calls him on this, just came out. He says it just came out that <laughs> way. Fire. I have never seen. I mean, this is like we know he's lying, oh, yeah. and yet oh, yeah. for some reason, oh, yeah. Cecil B. DeMille in the Ten Commandments believes Aaron. Oh. Because they've got, when I was a kid, I remember this. There was a pile of rocks, and Aaron pours the gold in, and it comes out in a perfect cafe. And oh, really? I thought, well, that's the most. Rid- I remember as a child realizing, oh, that's ridiculous. It yeah. doesn't come out like that. Right. But apparently, yeah. he's taking Aaron at his process here, hmm. or at his word here. Um, another thing that I think is important that the tabernacle is designed to safeguard divine access because, mm-hmm. you know, you have God living in your midst, and right. that's dangerous right. for everybody. And yeah. so. Uh, that's, but we get here with golden calf, you get immediate access, right? Instant access of golden calf. Ah, uh, yes. And now we've got, we, we've changed this, this personal God who wants to spend time with people for this impersonal thing that we have control over, mm-hmm. which is the whole thing. I mean, that's what idolatry is, is, yeah. is how you gain control. And so that's what they want. They want control. And, and I don't think that they are thinking that, um, this calf that Aaron is making is what brought them out of Egypt. I don't, but I do think that they are thinking you can represent God who brought them out of Egypt with this calf. Oh, okay. Well, so it's a little bit better. So I don't. <laughs> well, it's syncretism, <laughs> Not right? Really. It's yeah. it's they have joined. They, yeah, well, what, so. what it means is they are basically thinking of the God of Israel like all the other gods in the world. They're just he's oh, the okay. same. He's right. he's a fertility god, just okay. like all the other gods. Right. He brings rain. He gives us kids. So you use a bull because that's how you represent fertility gods. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when they you know they sit down to eat and rise up to revel revel um mm. that's probably a euphemism there For yeah reveling. there's there's per, serious reveling. there's yes yes that is probably reveling that occurs with a tv mature rating mm-hmm. uh, or yeah. or higher may um, contain strong language and reveling and reveling <laughs> serious reveling yes um adult reveling the um yeah so that's that's the sin that we have here is a sin of syncretism right they've combined the worship of Yahweh with this other god and Aaron is the most spineless person yeah, in the story really is. I mean any way the wind blows doesn't really yeah. matter to him yeah. you know it's mm-hmm. hey make us a golden calf okay uh, later mm-hmm. on Miriam hey let's rebel against Moses okay I mean it just yeah. doesn't see uh, he's, he's in a whatever politi- you know, politician like, whatever yeah, we need the, to do yeah the polls are down let's, <laughs> which which way are my people going let me get big, in front of them so I can might lead be a them good move yeah so so that it doesn't take long he does this uh Elohim gods 
is plural in form, and so it's always difficult for a translator to know if it's being used as a title singularly ah, or plural. So yeah. these are your gods, could be this is your god. Okay. It's, it's hard to know uh, how you okay. want to read that. Right. You know, build us a god, gods for us. Okay. Could go either way. So I again, I think it's Aaron is the one who specifically invokes Yahweh. He says, tomorrow will be a festival to Yahweh. Oh, he says Yahweh. He does. Oh, and so okay. that would seem to imply yeah. that yeah. he's getting this combination uh, here. Yeah. They're still thinking Yahweh brought him out of That's Egypt. Right. They're just thinking, that, doesn't it? Hmm. we're going to use, okay. we're going to use the calf to do it. Um, God gets upset. Um, understandably so, I think. And as I said, he's found the, you know, the bride in the closet with the best man on the wedding day. And says, that's it. I'm killing everybody. We're just starting over. You know, this people, you, your people who you brought out of Egypt, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, Moses, as we pointed out, responded, yeah. I, I didn't, yeah, my I didn't bring them. You, you brought them out of Egypt yeah. with their mighty hand, I yeah. might add. Right. I'm not the one who brought them mm-hmm. out of Egypt. And, and they say about the calf, this is the guy that brought you out of Egypt. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's right. a lot of playing with that. Who yeah, there who? is a lot of playing with um, God is going to start all over, right? Just going to quit. Just yeah. so you know what? I'm tired of it. Killing everybody. Hmm. And uh, just going to start over with you, Moses. We're going to just do this all over again. You know, like like back at Abraham. So knowing how consequential this is and between the two tabernacles, is it, it, I mean, me just dipping in here, it, God, God's long suffering, which we've seen in other places, yeah. doesn't seem to be apparent here. He doesn't seem as, yeah. as I just, it seems like, wow, that, is this consistent? How am I, am I, am I reading it wrong or? No, yeah. I think it's a, the level of betrayal. Yeah. I or or I, I was also asking the question, is this a, is this dramatizing his steadfastness? Look at what God puts up with. Cause you kind of like. Maybe. Yeah, you, maybe. You, and you also of, dramatizing the, the importance of Moses in the story as well. Yeah. The intercessor. As one who intercedes. Yeah. And, and he actually, and I don't know if it comes off as strong in English because when when I do Moses when he talks God out of this, which is still funny to me, he doesn't say give him another chance. They're not that bad. You know, I what promise Egypt, you, the what people. Egyptians going to say he's a, exactly. It's like you know, Egyptians going to think you're a big meanie. Yeah, and you don't want well, your rep to take that. Yeah. And, and I should point out, you swore by you you were going to do this, <laughs> and we're already there. So why start over, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just going to make people not think good, good of you. And and that works. I mean, God, God's, you know, it's, a, it's an honor, shame culture. Aaron, or Moses knows this. He yeah. Goes well, right that's what I'm thinking. Honor. That, that's honor, shame. It is a hundred percent. honor shame. Yeah. Uh, which you deal with a lot, right? In the new Testament. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be dealing with the, Oh, in the, in the, uh, in the banquet. Matthew 22. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. That's right. Well, that's interesting. Cause now, you know, every, we haven't talked about this thematic, king is not very long suffering <laughs> thematic links in the scriptures that, yeah. that honor shame issue is one that might be, oh, yeah. might be interesting. Yeah. Um, but as I say, Moses actually used the word shuv, which is repent. Oh, yeah. And he uses the yeah. word nahum, which is the word repent. I mean, repent. both of those oh, words. Oh, God needs to repent. God yeah. needs to repent. Moses yeah. says right. to him, right. God, repent um, over this. Change your mind. Turn. It um, seems really it it seems dramatic and almost melodramatic to me. It's like you you need to get out, go away and let me get real mad. Yeah. You know, like someone pretend like you, you hold me back. You know, yeah. like well, it's funny because Moses is the only one who gets away with this. Yeah. Moses is the one who tells him to do this here. Moses tells him to do this in Numbers fourteen, and in yeah. Psalm ninety, Moses uses language like this. I often wondered if Psalm ninety is a is oh, a psalmic Psalm dramatization 90. of this. Okay. Um, yeah, I put that in the context of exile where Moses mm-hmm. is imploring mm-hmm. God for exile to yeah. turn and relent. Um, I will say Nahum, the change your mind is a word that's used to refer to the end of exile, the, the, the mercy, um, oh, okay. move, 
you know, please change, mm-hmm. change your mind on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moses is the only one who gets away with this. Moses is the only one who gets to tell God. Am- Amos tried. Right. Uh, and God uh, relented three times on the punishments and then basically opened the grade book and showed Amos the grades that Israel was receiving, <laughs> measured them against the wall and said, yeah, I'm bringing a sword. Yeah. And Amos is like, yeah, okay, you bring the sword. I get it. Um, but here Moses, Moses is the only one who can implore this prophet standing and advocating for the people hmm. and, and God changed his mind. Not well, only. okay. This makes me think of something. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to join it to a question Okay, because I've, you know, read in studying temple. I read about tabernacle and sure. I read about how the tabernacle replicates the mountain to a degree. It does. The camps are around it. Around it. Certain works. people can go up the mountain, can touch mm-hmm. the mountain. But only Moses can go up into God's presence, so right. it kind of replicates that trifold structure of the uh, of access, access. Yeah. And so, does this dramatize the role of the priest in who can only go into the holy of into holies. the holy of holies? And it's it's somehow dramatizing the um, the drama of holiness somehow, something like that. Mm. Yeah, that's know. a simple question to throw out. Yeah, there. right. That's a dissertation <laughs> question. Thrown out based founded on a premise that <laughs> you, you may not share. I don't know. I, I no. you know, because obviously part of prophetic responsibility is is speaking for God, as I've used many times, but also part of prophetic responsibility is not bringing the people to God, that's a priest, but representing the people to God, I think is mm-hmm. important. And that's what Moses is doing here. I haven't thought of it in terms of priestliness and holiness mm-hmm. in this. In in both contexts of God wanting to kill everybody, the fact was, that it's between the the blueprint and the building of the tabernacle boy, that's, that's makes me think about it. Yeah, that's yeah. significant. I think yeah, maybe. Uh, or or the way in which the people were thinking about access and holiness versus the way God was thinking about access and holiness. I don't know. Hmm. Um, what got me thinking about this was this commercial. I saw. <laughs> not the commercial Johnny again, Depp. please. I don't want the Johnny Depp commercial okay. again. Right. Too much. Too much. Um. Anyway, this this is uh, God is he relents he he mm-hmm. changes his yeah. mind. Many translations do ch- say changed his mind. Or I, there are a couple, and I meant to look them up before we got in here. Uh, verse fourteen of chapter thirty two, and the Lord uh, repented about the evil he was planning on bringing on his people. Is huh? the way the translation goes. And you want to cause people yeah, stress? Okay. Just say God <laughs> repented over the evil. This is um, strange territory. It is. It is. Yes, the word cha- repent is is the word change minds the same word it's used in context. And yes, the word that is translated disaster in this translation is translated evil in other translations. Okay. But in neither of those contexts, does is there a moral quality here? Mm-hmm. It is, it's a decision making, but it's yeah. not, there's no moral issue. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are three words in Hebrew that you want to know. There's a word for good, which is tov, like creation is good. There is evil, ra, which is usually translated evil in most contexts, the tree of good and evil. Uh, is one place. And then there is Rasha, wickedness. Okay. God can do Tov and Ra. God can do good yeah. and evil, but okay. God can't do wickedness. Okay. okay? okay. And so Ra is not mm-hmm. is not evil in the sense that we think of evil. Yeah. In fact, I was talking to our liturgical friend, mm-hmm. uh, and as we had this good to have one. wonderful experience of, because he's teaching theology this semester, and um, was kind of talking about creation issues and that kind of thing. And as I was trying to explain, and he's doing with, he's also dealing with theodicy, right? Why mm-hmm. do bad things happen? Yeah. So oh, we all are at this point in the semester. Well, that's true. He's trying yeah. to navigate, you know, all that. And so I said, well, you probably should know in Hebrew, there are some nuance here. Mm. And so we kind of walked through that. And he had the most wonderful translation for Ra that I've ever heard when he said, so it's sort of 
tov, good, is sort of ordered creation. That's the way things should be, right? That's the way, and that is, that's the word that is used over and over in mm-hmm. Genesis 1. Yeah, right. And then he says, but then the word ra, rather than evil, we want to say, God is really saying, I'm going to disorder your ordered mm-hmm. life. Right. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to let chaos, chaos come back. I'm, yeah. The plagues, those, that's yeah. ra. That's the, right, okay. None of that is rasha. None of that is evil. It is all just good and right. order and disorder. Right. You know? It's good yeah. and that which is not... A lack of order. Cosmos. Yeah, it really chaos. is. A lack yeah. of... And I thought, wow, that is really insightful. That's good, and it's also... There's temple imagery in the uh, creation, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of temple imagery in the creation. Mm. Ultimately, well, creation is temple, right, at the end. Yeah, so, right, yeah. Um, That's interesting. Huh. Yeah, it really was. So, was, Mark, I've been, I've been sitting with that for a little bit, trying to imagine what the implications of the implications of that on Genesis 3, the tree of the knowledge of mm. God's good created order and, and disordered, uh-huh. and, you mm. know, how that's going to break through, and, mm. you know, what that all means regarding... <laughs> Doing a lot of... Mm, mm, uh, mm, uh, mm, yeah. mm. <laughs> That's my, my brain. My, my I must brain be making good points. To get my he's brain not joking gear. around, yeah, and he's making it, grunting noises. It's manual. <laughs> it's a manual transmission. You can't not. It's not out of sync. But when I read disaster, well, that's much better because I read disaster. I just thought PR disaster. No, no, not with, a PR disaster. With, this with, with, with Egypt. This would be a PR disaster. <laughs> that was how Moses changed his mind. Yeah. No, yeah, you're never going to be good recovered. Good point. That's a really your Q rating is going to go way down, God. No, it's... give that guy a raise. Promote that guy. <laughs> no, he's repenting over the disordered existence he's about to bring onto mm. people. Yeah, wow. And, and so the, I, the chaos that's about to break forth. Yeah, um, I, I like. I I do. I like that translation mm-hmm. of raw. Now it, it mm-hmm. helps. I think in in a lot yeah, of places. It makes sense. So that checks out. So yeah. So we've got this terrible. You know, this is terrible. Uh, this this response we're going to be faithful and then we just miss it completely right i mean we had this whole thing about we will be your people and you will be our god and i didn't i was not thinking about it between the two uh right the two tabernacles that is very hey that could be a new video series we start between between the two two tabernacles tabernacles. (laughs) that'd be fun yeah we'll be sitting on golden calves interviewing people (laughs) between the two tabernacles Mm -hmm. maybe not this needs to work out. yeah i'm just brainstorming throwing some ideas just put it out there see what sticks maybe not put it out there between the two tab- Why do I have a feeling you're going to create some no, image? No, I'm now? not. I don't have time. <laughs> so busy. Sure, you say that, but that's when you normally are doing Yeah, usually when I have a stack of papers to grade, that's when I get real crazy. My muse. <laughs> My muse is avoiding grading. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's, as D- Douglas Adams like to say, I love deadlines. I love the sound they make as they go whooshing past. <laughs> so. Yeah. I would like to talk about a psalm with a whole nother perspective than what we've seen thus far. Okay. Like Psalm 106, perhaps. Well, that's a good plan. Right. Portions thereof. Psalm 106, 1 to 6, and 19 through 23. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Isn't this that is good news? time and distance. It's very helpful. <laughs> Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord or declare all his praise? Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them. Uh, I've lost my place because of uh, the, my, five. my crinkled page. That's that I may <laughs> see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have committed iniquity, have done wickedly. That would be Russia. They made a calf at Horeb and worshipped a cast image. 
They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. When you say it like that, it well, doesn't I thought, make I hear any those sense are, at all. Those are good, actually. <laughs> they forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham. That sounds like a Homer Simpson's <laughs> land of Ham. And it's a awesome, new delicatessen <laughs> opening down the street, land of and, Ham. And awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Therefore, he said he would destroy them, had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Hmm? Hence, steadfast love. Yeah. It's a team effort. Committed love. So this is the last of the Psalms in book four. This is the conclusion of book four. It is a hallelujah psalm. Season four would be like seasons? I don't think seasons, No. no, not so much. Although the season of life they have for that is exile. Currently binging book four. (laughs) It's a good, and let me tell you, personally, my favorite. Okay. That was my dissertation. Uh, It's a hallelujah. Uh, So praise the Lord at the beginning that you have there. Praise the Lord, we're bad. 104. (laughs) We are some bad, messed up people. Not yet. We're okay. Okay. Uh, Praise the Lord. He's great. Isn't he amazing? Everything declares his praise. We got problems. We, on the other hand. Yeah, exactly. That's where we are. We are transitioning. We have, we've talked a lot about 104, 105, 106, mm-hmm. and uh, 104, God is the you know good creation. 105, God's the one who brings good people. And 106, boy, do we have problems. Mm. Uh, in mm-hmm. spite of all of God's goodness, we have problems. And so um, so that's what you're dealing with here. We It's one of these final three hallelujahs. Um, he goes on to revisit that. I do think that you see this, and I always interpreted this, as a prayer from the perspective of exile. Right. Remember yeah. me when you show favor that I might see the prosperity deliver in that sense of deliverance. Right. We have mm-hmm. we've sinned. Our ancestors have sinned. We know that's why we're here in exile. Yeah. We get that. Yeah. Uh, and then we have that sort of historical revisiting here that you had at the bottom. I do do things interesting that Moses, you know, his chosen one that is um, mm-hmm. standing in the breach um, and turning away his wrath. And for me, this is important because, as I said, Psalm 90, which is the first Psalm of book four. Mm. Oh, is it? Is yeah. It? And oh. so I think it's interesting that you have oh. the, the book four bookended by this remembrance. Of, mm-hmm. That's the Psalm of Moses. Right? It is the only Psalm of Moses. Yeah. And although it doesn't specifically mention golden calf, the number of, of lexical vocabulary mm-hmm. overlap there is impressive. And it does, hmm. I, I don't think it's okay. by accident yeah. that you're invoking the same language of Exodus 32 in the Psalm because I think you're praying for an end of exile at the beginning of Psalm 90. Okay. And I think you're still praying for the beginning of oh. the end of exile here at 106. Wow. So, wow. so I think that, um, and then what I think the, the doxology is, you know, save us so that we can glorify you. Um, as opposed to previous doxologies, just save us because, you know, so we can do cool, cool things. But this one's, you know, have mercy. And, <laughs> we can do cool things. Yeah. yeah Cause <laughs> we're awesome. and We want to be saved. Okay. But yeah, this is, this is, Oh yeah. yeah on yeah. the sake for the sake of yeah. God that we, so yeah, that, that's okay. that's after this. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Oh, but I'll have to uh, read that. I yes. think I might just binge on uh, book, book four. four. It's a good book. I'm telling yeah. you, it's for me. Book well, four is the Psalm turning. ninety is one of my favorites. Is it really? I think we had a quote from that in our our, our program for our wedding. Uh, we, yeah, we like Psalm really. 90. Yeah, Psalm yeah. ninety is interesting because you do have that image of uh, creation as birth, which you don't get much. Which I you know, anytime we have a sort of feminine image for God mm-hmm. coming out of a masculine society, I'm I'm excited to see yeah. that, but. Uh, before the mountains were brought forth, mm-hmm. literally is mm-hmm. to be born. Yes. In that context. So. 
I'm, I'm, I think I'm teaching John 3 tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, it talks about being born again and being mm-hmm. born of the Spirit, which is feminine imagery. Yes, it is. <laughs> but if you, live, if you read the commentaries, it's hilarious. It's like, oh. Just like a man gives birth to a son. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, they're just like, just not, not just miss it, but like, like do crazy things with completely it. Completely miss it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 106 when got to consider that some of these scholars may not know this stuff <laughs> that's, yeah, that's maybe they haven't had this conversation um we, but uh, boy i had like three jokes that went right through my head and i decided yep. to hold on See, to we edit yeah not just that's not just important. after the fact during yeah. during you'd during be surprised like yeah. i said like i said a few podcasts ago you'd be surprised what i don't say <laughs> <laughs> the uh the the end of um eight, book three is you know blessed be the lord forever uh, remember that other people are making us look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the end of book four We're is, making us look they bad. are, they're, they're yeah. taunting us. Yeah. You're anointed. Um, but this mm-hmm. one is save us and gather us that we can give thanks to your holy name. Okay. So, I mean, it's that sense of, so because you're so awesome, save us because you're awesome, yeah. God. Okay. Help us help you, God. Yeah. Um, yep. So <laughs> be, be awesome. Yeah. Help us yes. deliver, help awesome. deliver us so you can mm-hmm. keep being awesome. So, yeah, so that's, that's what we get in 106, um, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. I mean, very okay. much. It's, it's one of our, mm-hmm. our, few kind of narrative-ish psalms, you know, okay. one of those epics mm-hmm. that give us that. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's review. 105, 106, and 78 um, are the big three of that. Most of them are not like that. It's an, That is one genre that Israel doesn't use, is the, the big epic poem talking about history. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, this is one of the ones they do. Hmm. Nice. That's my quick survey of Psalm 106. All right, let's pay a few bills. <laughs> <laughs> is that a walking baseline here? Yeah, I think I hear the baseline walking. I'm glad we're doing the consecutive reading because the other one does Psalm 23 again. Oh, so I saw that. I thought, yeah, you know, I saw that. Here's a favorite. Uh, it's like top 40 radio. Like, <laughs> now you hear this on the way to work. Same songs over and over. Same 12 songs yeah. before you leave. Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash reading in church for your free audiobook. Go there today. Okay, you ready for Philippians yeah, 4? Sure. I don't know that you've got a more, I don't know, co-opted chapter of, of Paul's it's writings. A lot, yeah, a lot. By well, Christian bookstores and well, others. Romans 8. Is Romans 8? Is co- yeah, but yeah. on a whole, this one's... Okay. Yeah, okay. Not the beginning part. We'd never want to do that. But Philippians okay. 4, 1 to 9. Therefore, brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and my and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Yodia. Yodia? Yodia. And I, I urge Syntyche. Syntyche. Oh, Syntyche. <laughs> I like Syntyche better. Key could be. Syntyche. Anyway, her, to be of the same mind in the Lord... I'm taking time out of this letter to call you out, so be good. Mm. Uh, yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion. Who's that? I would no one knows. Okay, <laughs> that's you. You know who you Lots are. Lots of speculation. 
help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Yeah, that's where you could find that guy. I don't know who that is. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You did it. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Keep on doing the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Boy, wow. Mm-hmm. And the God of peace will be with you. Yeah. I never seen this. And and I hadn't, I read a few commentaries on this and I didn't see this connection between seven and nine, the God of peace, peace of God, God of peace. Oh, that's now that nice. sounds familiar, but it's like, how come that no one pointed that out to me yeah. in the, you know, the, that there's the readings I did recently. Kind of a chiasmus you've yeah, got, or an inclusio you have going there. on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a favorite phrase of Paul's. Um, God of peace shows up in Romans. So he's thinking about flourishing, shalom in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, First and Second Corinthians, First and Second Thessalonians, his letter to the Hebrews. Yeah, that was a test. First Paul, second Hebrews? Paul, Paul, Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Oh, Paul's letter to the Hebrews? Yeah, I well, I don't think on. our colleague who specializes in that <laughs> listens to our podcast, yeah. so. No. I'm sorry they didn't add verse 10 and 11 and 12 in this. You mean read it? I do, actually. I won't be- comment on it, but you can yeah. read it. <laughs> well, it's just where he goes on to thank them for everything they've done, because mm-hmm. I think it gives us the context for 413 that everyone uses that I, uh, that I think they take out of context. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Because he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm referring to being in need, for I've learned to be content in whatever I have. Mm-hmm. I know it is to have little, know it has to have plenty in any and all circumstance. I've learned the secret of being well-fed, going hungry, having plenty, being in need. I can do all things mm-hmm. through him who strengthens exactly. me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. Yeah, I, I get the sense that they have been incredibly generous with him. Mm-hmm. to the point of their own even uh, doing without. Yeah. And Paul is saying, I'm having a hard time, but I'm not saying I need anything. Don't start. I'm glad that you care and that's yeah, good, yeah. but I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Don't, I mean, I, when I hear I can do all things and I've learned to be content, I hear him get, letting them off the hook for sending anymore. Okay. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that a sense of, I'm, I'm so grateful that you revived your concern. Right. Not that you weren't concerned, but didn't have a chance to show. Wasn't the Philippians who sent Epaphroditus and he was like really sick and almost died? And it's like, but, yeah, I got to check on that. That's one of the names they say. It's one of the names in that, like, uh, you, yeah. my loyal companion, you know, help these women. It's one of the suggestions. Oh, Epaphroditus is? Yeah. Yeah. He's along with Timothy and every, everyone else yeah, Paul's well, ever goes, known. <laughs> it's, you know, he says, when you Philippians knew in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, nobody shared in giving except you. When I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help for needs more than once. Not that I seek a gift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I seek Some the Some people profit. you have to say that too. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think it is. I think he's got yeah. a group of people here yeah. that are willing to do without for oh, their own, yeah. you know, to help him. And he's like, no, please, I can do, I'm all right. God is the one all who right. strengthens me yeah. right now. Uh-huh. And don't hurt yourselves yeah. giving to me at this point. That's yeah. what I think is happening in 10 through. That's interesting. I'm an Old Testament guy. But even but. just <laughs> generally, I mean, that that's insightful on the Philippians, but it's also it's like, it, it uh, just highlights the, how we take that verse out of so out exactly. of context. Like, exactly. If you're, you know, if you get a tattooed on your bicep and you're an NFL player, it's like, you're going to be fine either you're gonna way. Be, you're going to make Whatever the outcome of this game. Right. You're going to. You know? make... <laughs> no, I don't think that's what, the, why that's there. Right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I think that's important because those are important verses. So yeah. they're not the lectionary. By the way, they did, 
uh, our vote on uh, Twitter, our poll on Twitter okay. came through. A lot of people voting. At oh. a three to one clip, they want us to do our favorite verses. Okay. Not versus not necessarily not an election verse. Well, there's a, that would okay. be an empty sentence without not. But if we do a pop-up podcast, they want us to do a pop-up podcast of our favorite verse. I might look up if it's in the election room. Likely it is. Yeah. Depends. On, I don't know. I, I can think of a couple and they're probably in there. Yeah. yeah. But I have to think about it. I'll do Psalm 137 because I think oh, you know. throwing babies against the rocks is important. No, that's probably not the one I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> that, we know that's not in the election room. I'm know. positive that, that is we not know in the election for sure. room. Yes, yeah. yes. But anyway, let's talk about the stuff that isn't the election room, like verses one through nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is a transition back to uh, toward the end of the letter, uh, a mixture of very specific situation of Philippi with mm-hmm. uh, n- people being named, but also some common sorts of exhortations and uh, a lot about um, peacefulness, you know, restoring mm-hmm. peacefulness, because this is a great congregation that's had been disrupted and uh, external forces and apparently internal forces as well. So, well, it's got people in it, right? So there's yeah. probably going to be some internal forces yeah. if there's people in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't, even good congregations, they don't always go along smoothly. Um it's very much tied into the longer themes. A lot of the language he uses here when he says to Yodi and Sintiki, as I say it. I, actually, I just changed it. But um, <laughs> did I mention I tested out a Greek? <laughs> so many people ask me how Greek words. Like, huh, I've actually never been in a context where we we're just saying these things out loud. <laughs> Problem of having the linguistics background uh, is that I don't know a language very well. <laughs> I don't know any language. I know language general. I don't <laughs> not, know any languages. Specific. Yeah, no languages. I can order in a restaurant. <laughs> so he wants them to be of the same mind. That's the language he used for talking about um, having the same mind within mm-hmm. you in two two was in Christ. It's in Christ Jesus. Um, prominence of women. Okay. Again, uh, yeah. these are Greek names. They might have been. This is a Roman colony. They're not using Roman names. Those don't jump out at me as much as the difference between a Greek and a. Greek in a, a Jewish name, but they may, some people say, maybe these were, you know, these are, there was code ministers, maybe they have the uh, mobility as, uh, as uh, what do you call them, uh, merchants, like okay. Lydia was, maybe these are, uh, or maybe there's several female merchants, uh, but anyway, there's some sort of a strife here, but he's reminding them of what he said earlier about uh, having the same mind within you that was in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so a lot of specifics, but then... I, as I thought about this chapter more, I'm thinking we see Paul as a really effective uh, church planter and administrator. Right, you know? I was thinking about that mediator and and follow up, you know, discipling this church, not just we yeah. don't think of a hit and run, right? Form the church and yeah. leave, but yeah. he's really kind of walking them through how to be Christ-like yeah. in this process. Yeah, and even to the point of what you what you think about, and this is not this is a theme he he talks about, and probably this is his practice. You know, he has, he talks about taking hold, you know, control of every uh, thought of the imagination, yeah. and he seems to be disciplined mentally. He strikes me as one of these, like, CEOs who finally writes a book and says, well, how is this guy so productive and capable mm-hmm. and able to work with people and do, the, you know, achieve so much? It's like, I think of it this time through, I thought it was a little glimpse into Paul's, mm. you know, high you know, habits of highly effective apostles or something like that. <laughs> There's a book. There's a little book. Oh. Uh, well, I couldn't believe he would say, keep on doing the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. In me. Yeah. yeah. Do what I do. See the stuff How I do? How many people Be say that? Be like yeah. me. He says that to the Thessalonians too. You, If you look at, here, long story short, if you want to know how to live the Christian life, remember how I lived among well, you. Well, and I, how about the pressure in Corinthians? Be like Timothy. 
right? I'm sending you Timothy so you okay. know what a Christian yeah. looks yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> might be a little you people are throwing a little shade their way. Really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because there probably aren't any other good examples. Right. Can't think of anybody there to pay attention to. Here's yeah. Timothy. Yeah. So yeah, this is but the, in me. Oh, you were talking about not having a tender conscience, right? That you know, he talked in three about look at how awesome these I things mean, are. And now here I, I almost reflexively people, you know, when they talk about this sort of say, Well, don't, you know, we all fall short or you know, don't don't do what I do, you know. Yeah, right. One I, mean, way I struggle another, with actually this, saying or I struggle that. with that. That does not here, but but I think it's this mindset. You know, he he does seem to have a disciplined mm-hmm. mind to think on these things. He says these things will keep your heart in peace and um, um, and tranquility that you know that really needs to be restored. And and really, he's identifying those things as attributes of God and and lay hold mm-hmm. of those things and. Think about these things that are commendable, and you know, uh, there's a sweet reasonableness to this. There's a winsomeness to the to a person yeah. like this. You know, uh, think about these things. Being mindful. That is, that is. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I have a very active imagination. I'm thinking, you know, you like you. I think at last podcast I was in it. Like I go down these tangents. Like you say a word, and I go down. There, right, and it's right. Like, it's like. I can usually tell too. Your face starts. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you tune gone. into that. He's yeah. gone. Well, here's here's how it used to be. Um, I have family members that are still this way, but I'm more like this than ever. I would go, I'd be getting ready for bed, and I have one sock off, and I start to take the other sock off, and I start to think about something, and then my mother would come by and goes, are you still sitting there? <laughs> it was like a half an hour later. <laughs> what? <laughs> start thinking about something. You disappeared into your yeah, mind. Yeah, there. There, yeah, he's deep, going deep again, snorkeling, you know, down deep. <laughs> What's he going to bring up? So having some direction and discipline I could see the benefit of that. Yes. Especially I'm about being sure. an effective administrator. I'm sure others. <laughs> as a, I say that as, as I'm looking at a, uh, the clock, and we're going to be at a, doing have a department meeting shortly, and yes. I'm currently the chair. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yes. I'll be so. doing my, my, my dream casting and, no, no vision casting vi- and dream hurling. Dream hurling is what Mike calls vision <laughs> casting, which is still, uh, that's fun to me. Memorable. It's memorable. Yeah, it's dream hurling. That's what we do here. Let's yeah. hurl some dreams at... But it is, it's interesting, this, uh, this little glimpse, I think, into his mindset. He, he's unpacking his life for their benefit. And really, if you look at 8 and 9 uh, in the Greek, and who doesn't? Oh, yeah. Um, the think about these things is at curious. the end here. I think it might be at the beginning in the Greek. But then it's kind of like, think about these things, and then you've got this list of things. Mm-hmm. And then um, um, that is paralleled with what he's saying about himself, the things you've seen in me, the things you've... Um, it's it's a structure that's saying all these commendable virtues. Think on these things. Mm-hmm. And the other, the balance, the other side of the coin is that, and or remember these things you've seen and heard and, and received and, and received. You know, it's like oh yeah, because he's modeled these things, mm. and and uh, and the God of peace will be with you. Yeah, it's really it's you know, it's it, he's just. The more I study him, I realize that he's just functioning at a high level. And the more. The more we talk about this, the more I realize how much of what people say about Paul is a caricature. Oh yeah, I mean, just and in yeah. all contexts, yeah. it, it's just it's a there's so much more depth to even that character mm-hmm. in the letters that and in and in Acts that you just we don't see. I mean, yeah. we 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 I don't know if we're projecting our own cultural issues into that or what, but yeah, know, this there's a there's I mean. Would anyone use the word gentleness to describe the caricature of Paul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? let's and, let's take that caricature and now put these words in his mouth. Does and it doesn't work? make any sense. No. Yeah. And yet 
he seems to be comfortable telling this church yeah. who loves him, you know, these are the characteristics you've seen in me and these are the characteristics you should have. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. He, people can be misunderstood. It's careful, you know, as carefully as they say things is, is you, like, for example, like if you might carefully say something, I don't know if you've ever had this happen. Uh, you really carefully say something on Facebook and, and people <laughs> take it, you know, it's like it's nothing. They take it oh. in a way that's nothing like interesting. Search, interesting. search and see if the you know what I'll, you think I'll about look that. for that. I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> yes, you might. Yes. I, I, something I think I probably might be familiar with somewhat. <laughs> Recent history. Recent history. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can be as winsome as you want, and people and and uh, people do things with what you're saying. I've seen it in classrooms when I'm observing a master teacher, and it's like I I, I just astounded what a good teacher. And then I see something go wrong. I go. I see someone misunderstand what they say and I realize how much we bring to conversations yeah. and, and yeah. we bring our own agenda and we don't hear what people are saying. Right. How much harder that is when we're reading something. Right. You know, it's not face to face because there's a lot of feedback loop, uh, you know, the body language and the, sure. the questions and that's not how it is in reading. So, uh, you know, Paul, Paul falls prey to that. I'm sure yeah. we, we all do so. that. We all do that. So. Yeah. And those with particular theological agendas, I think oh, yeah. are going to come as well. Yeah. Yeah, a lot writing. A lot writing on how I take this half of this one thing that Paul said in this one sentence. (laughs) Right, exactly. And I'm sure that's what he meant. Yeah. Want to do Matthew 22? Yeah, let's do that. Now, Mm -hmm. Um, Matthew 22, 1 to 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying... The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king. Well, one would hope. <laughs> who has gave a wedding banquet for his son. Oh, never mind. Stretch. That's a uh, stretch. Dream with me now. He sent his slaves to call those who'd been invited to the wedding banquet, but they wouldn't come. Again, he sent other slaves saying, tell those who've been invited, look, prepare my dinner. Oxen, fatted calves have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. It's a big dinner. But they made light of it and went away. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. Holy cow. (laughs) This got dark. Probably vineyard owners. Yeah, probably those crazy Those idiots. Well, the king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. This is like a fairytale wedding. (laughs) It's just just unfolding. Something is escalating here. Then he said to his slaves, wedding's ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets. Invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets, gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a, a man there w- who was not wearing a wedding robe. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> and he said, said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his attendants, "Bring, bind him hand and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Awkward. For many are called, but few are chosen. <laughs> Well, that's pretty straightforward. I don't know that we even need to spend any time on that. No, one. that's well. I think it. I think we've touched on this before about wedding, the complicated nature and, and wedding plans. Sometimes they snowball. Oh, sometimes boy. you're slaying Problems. people and burning their city. Uh, <laughs> they just, they just kind of get this momentum the of their mailman own. Mailman brings the invitation and people kill him. I mean, it's <laughs> awkward. It is sure you can plan for that, but you know, something's going to happen. It's and if it's outside, you got to worry about the weather. And so. <laughs> 
this is rather, you know, this is, this is uh, did he, did he think through this parable before he started it? Cause this is one of those parables that in the middle East changed. It's over the top. Did he start this well, parable? He might say, this king, this king is on game of Thrones, by the way. Okay. This, <laughs> oh, this, that helps you. Now it makes <laughs> one, sense. One of those kings. Sure. One of those weddings. Got okay. it now. Yeah. High body count. I, you lost me <laughs> after maybe compared to a king. I was with him up to that point. And then, well, these this guy's rolling like how kings roll. It's like yeah. this is like the, yeah, it's the honor shame. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let me. Let me yeah. This is a, this is a good. This is a very good text for honor shame. Okay. Um. When I teach New Testament, day one or day two, I show the opening scene of the Godfather because okay. I'm trying to get there's this there's these presuppositions on every page of probably the whole Bible. I'd mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. Um, of. Certainly, honor, shame, values, and and uh, I'm not sure was patron client as big mm-hmm. in yes, very much in in Israel. I wasn't sure ancient Israel. In, in fact, um, one of my colleagues reads the Psalms and particularly yeah. lament okay. Psalms okay. as patron client. Yeah, that sense of yeah that the reason Israel feels comfortable talking to God the way they are is that God had in their minds obligations mm-hmm. that God right. wasn't living up to. Right. And, and, and that's what Moses is saying. Like, you know, right. if you do this, right. Exactly. It's going to be a PR disaster. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Egypt's going to say this and that doesn't not necessarily our go-to, but, but there, there definitely is. So uh, in a, in a society that's all about honor and shame, and, and really you could say that's the economy. It's built on that. Yeah. That's more important than money because you can have money, and if you don't have honor, you're poor. Right. You're nobody. You're not invited to the good weddings. Yeah. Money or not. Yeah. And so we show this scene, we being me, the royal we. I show this scene in New Testament because it's a uh, kind of a clash of cultures, a modern American versus uh, ancient, you know, certainly Mediterranean. And it's the opening scene of The Godfather is it's the day of his daughter's wedding. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's, he's destroyed a town and burnt it. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> You don't know that yet. Yeah. Different movie. Yeah. <laughs> Same vibe though, <laughs> as you go on in the story. But it's a it's a day of a wedding, which is a big claim to who you are. You have as much honor and status as people recognize. Right. So on the, on a life transition, a big life event like that, you make a claim to the to the uh, community. You're saying, I am a I'm a great patron, and I have a great I, I'm, I'm a man of high status, and you invite everyone, and they need to show up. Okay, mm-hmm. they, they you if they don't recognize you, then they're shaming you. But it also makes you vulnerable as a patron to saying you're saying you're a great patron, you're a great person in the community. They can ask you anything they want. So there's people lining up asking Don Corleone, the Godfather, for mm-hmm. favors. Um, so this is with that kind of background here, he's making a great claim. This is probably inviting the whole city. He's he's slaying oxen, right? Yeah, you that's, know, this that's is a, a lot of meat. That's a this lot is a of meat. big barbecue. In Jesus, yeah, in Jesus' hearing, this would be uh, a wedding would typically last a whole week. Okay. Um, so it's a, uh, it's a, this is a big festivity and it's a, it's a big commitment, but you definitely want to respond to these invitations, very mm-hmm. formalized. Uh, as much as we said how, how eating is meticulous and formalized, a significant banquet is even all the more so. Several series of invitations. And this is not unlike what, what Luke tells probably a form of the parable that Jesus tells in Luke uh, 14. Um, this is, a, this is harsher though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit harsher. And uh, so it is really a slap in the face not to, to say you've, re- you're going to come and then don't. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're, they're definitely shaming this guy and the Kings don't uh, abide being shamed. Well, no, I wouldn't uh, think. Yeah. Um, so on this see verse seven, um, <laughs> the smoking city, Yeah, smoldering ruins. <laughs> yeah. 
So he is he is going to fill his uh, his banquet hall. And uh, what's unique in 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 Matthew is that kind of theme we've been seeing that he sees someone who's there, who's it's a mixed crowd. Okay, yeah. so even though they're really, it's this a, is what I'm hoping to get explained. So Me I'm too, looking forward it's to like, this. It's like as I'm as I'm thinking about this, like I never understood this. Oh but, dang! But having read, having spent some time giving attention to Matthew the, in year A, I realized, oh, this is such a Matthew thing to have um, a mixed. A mixed when you have a even even a community of grace, these people they didn't they didn't they, they're not yeah. the high status people who get invited to these sorts of things, right? Okay, even in their midst, there's someone who doesn't fit in, and and this might be that he doesn't have a, a gown that ever you know. There's a lot of uh, presuppose that these people have been given these special dress to mm-hmm. fit in into in this sort of setting. And then here's another guy like who's this guy wander in? It's no backstory, but it's like maybe he's got, you know, his dirty sort of clothes on, uh, which would be normal, you know, of the day you've yeah. got some pretty you're not washing your clothes so is, is very the, frequently. Is the presupposition he's refused a robe that it was offered, that he hocked it, that he it <laughs> is mean... it is uh it is like a um the parable of the wheat and the tares. It's something about that even when Oh even even in the midst of the the grace community. There yes. are people who don't get. Yeah, it. there's there's people. You, there's still a response. There's still this. Um, uh, so I get there's you this now. other righteousness. It's so not a community a that's and... not that's unrighteous, but it's a different kind of exceeding righteousness that the Sermon on the Mount talks about. This and, is the wheat and tares and fish parable yeah, again. It's, is what you're it's, saying? It's very much like that. Okay, I yeah, got gotcha. you. That's the good analogy, and that makes that's what makes sense of this. In the midst of uh, in Matthew, because he's like, oh, that's that's how he hits that theme, mm-hmm. particularly when you've got the uh, synagogue across the street, and you're saying you're the new community of Yahweh that are that are embodying righteousness. Even so, and 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 the demand that that righteousness calls for the changed lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Even so, there will be people who are false discipleship. So there's this theme of false discipleship, mixed community. And even in this, in this extraordinary example of, uh, oh, the insiders are now the outsiders. They're, they've refused and and been dealt with harshly because uh, they were idiots and they killed right. the mailman. Because they killed <laughs> okay. the mailman. Yeah. Uh, and and then these other people are now the uh, the chosen. Uh, even in that, you can't. Now that you're the chosen, you can't be presumptuous about that. There's mm. a demand to be in the chosen. Ah. And that's how Matthew hits that theme. So he does not connect the dots carefully. Every time he fit, hits that theme, um, I'm what I'm what I'm discerning as that theme is like if you you cannot uh, now that you're you're the you know you're you're grafted in like Paul mm-hmm. would use the analogy in Romans, uh, you can't uh, you can't be presumptuous about that. So there's that a, there's well as, as I've said many as I said last week right there's a you have received this grace now that you have received this grace there's an expectation yes that yeah. that you will look as though. You will look like one who has received this grace. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And well, that's actually exactly the problem here, right? You've received this well, yeah. and you don't look like one who has received this grace. Yeah. So you don't. That. Yeah. I'm angry at that right. situation. Yeah. You know, you're you're making that, my and, invitation. You know, look and bad. that's another thing about it, that's probably his appearance somehow is shaming the king. Also, right, right, right. Like, you're not representing the wedding yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't on the original list. We let you pass the velvet rope, but you know you've got you know marinara all over your t-shirt, <laughs> your tank right, it's top. A, it's a tuxedo t-shirt. Right? It, it <laughs> yeah. says, "I mean, I want to look good, but I'm here to party." <laughs> so, party. Exactly. No, not... Yeah, bind that guy head and foot, <laughs> toss him From, out where right. there's weeping and gnashing. What's happening in the outer darkness? I'm curious why there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
That's it's just no fun out there. Is it really? The outer <laughs> darkness is scary out there. Wasn't that a TV show? Outer darkness. The outer darkness. It was. Yeah. That was the do not adjust your television set one, wasn't it? Oh, the, oh yeah. The, the that's the outer limits. Dang, I was so close. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It wasn't. It'd make that's a, good a name. common. That's That'd a, be a common good television show, wouldn't it? Outer thing. darkness. There, there's some backstories. Oh boy, some some people get deep into the. Uh, well, this would remind people of First Enoch when uh, let's oh, see, wow. Raphael was sent to bind Azalel and and his his cloak was given to oh and and then the, the holy per, cow. permutations you're of still this. going yeah permutation of the, and it's, and in and in other tellings of this in the apocalypse of Abraham his oh. cloak was given to Abraham Abraham makes out in a like like a bandit in the afterlife <laughs> by the way everybody gets his cloaks <laughs> um, so. Okay, now now I'm curious. No, I've about already this. put a bow on it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to ask. <laughs> so, is there? I mean, obviously, the end of it has some apocalyptic element to it. Is is there? Right. Okay, I see where you're going. No, we're not supposed to bind people <laughs> hand and foot and throw them out. I don't know how you do it in your church. This is no, like the angels no. at the end of the age. They're the ones who do this. No, no. Once oh, again, I treat uh, them let, like a bushel of wheat here. I think. <laughs> let me take a minute, and or bad fish. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me take this one more time. Is this parable, which to me seems like every time Jesus thought of something, he'd chase down a rabbit trail. I mean, this looks like you telling a story. That's what this looks like, you know, which reminds me of the, and then the guy shows up. Did I mention there was a guy there without a wedding robe? This is Matthew who reads Mark and says, I think what I think you hear you saying, and he smooths things out. So, but is it, would this have been a, a story that would have had analogous imagery for the audience? Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is. You're telling me about Raphael and Azael and and the apocalypse you mean of about Abraham. The darkness, the well, no, any of it. The, the, this whole notion oh, of cloaks oh, yeah. and kings and, oh, and yeah, yeah, weddings. Yeah, yeah. This I mean, is this well, is no, of... these people are outrageous and stupid. Uh, okay, but no one would do this. It's like right. this is to shock people. Okay, so this, is a, this is a shocking story and it's shocking, Grace. But even so, it doesn't mean there's no demand there's no response and now you have the chance to yeah. now you have the opportunity yeah. to look yeah. as this though is you a, were invited to a wedding this is a melodrama this is a over the top uh okay. like i say game of thrones sort of you know it's like wow this is wow this, this that escalated quickly <laughs> <laughs> yes i did it i think really, that's a line from game of thrones yeah i think that's that's a mess yeah okay yeah so that uh, it, it makes more sense when you back them and go, oh, this is a theme that we've been hearing sounded again and again yeah, in Matthew about the, the community is a community of unexpected and, and uh, astounding grace, yet one with serious demands. Which then makes demands of that. Yeah. Gra- even if you are a recipient yeah. of astounding mm-hmm. grace, now you need mm-hmm. to look like you are a recipient of astounding grace. Yeah. Yeah. The new insiders can't be presumptuous and, wow. and need to respond. Yeah, that sounds like Matthew. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that you have had a good week. I hope you've gleaned something from our time together. Hope you will like us on Facebook and My follow us on Twitter. My dog would like this parable because he always wants to kill the mailman. He's so cliche in that way. Like, wow. That's every amazing. day he literally And you know what? You are so kill. ungrateful for the number of times he saved you from the mailman. Yeah, he's got a perfect record so far. And uh, that's a shame. Uh <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Uh, engage with us there. Uh, throw us a, a letter in the mailbag. Ask a question. Uh, we're happy to respond. To honest to goodness, yes. we'll probably respond to just about anything. If, you know, <laughs> it's not like the fortunately the other distractions portion of our title gives us that level of freedom. That's so right. That's we're right. We're glad to do that. Distract so. us with something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As you know, we'll go for it. Throw us a bone. So please support our sponsors the way they support this podcast. And I guess we have to go off to a department meeting now, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. 
uh, that you have to chair. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Boy, Just you, visualize that, folks. You think you think <laughs> that this podcast is distracting. You ought to see him in a position of leadership. What would it's, a grown-up chair of the department say at this point? <laughs> so pray for us and have a great week. <laughs> a great week. <laughs>